When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with my beautiful wife and co-host, Lisa Bilyeu. And today, we're going to be talking about whether you should wait or start a relationship now. All right. Without further ado. Let's dig right in. All right. So today's question is from Anonymous. Dear Lisa and Tom, I'm curious to know your opinions regarding workplace romance, especially since you lead impact theory as a team and also as a husband and wife. I am not referring to superior subordinate relationships, but instead to two people on relatively equal ground in a company. A co-worker recently asked me for my phone number and for a while I've had a sixth sense that he's interested in connecting with me beyond workplace and friendship dynamics. I'm aware that workplace relationships are not easy and require extreme clarity and self-awareness to succeed. I'm interested to know your thoughts on workplace relationships as well as the values and clarity needed to make them succeed. Ooh, well, there are multiple ways to answer that question in terms of, you know, do you answer as the business owner who understands that there is liability issues? Um, or do you answer as somebody who understands that the greatest dating service that you will ever partake in is anything that puts you in constant uh, proximity to people that you respect and are attracted to? So for us, it was a school. Um, which is where we met. and You that, were my teacher. Yes, indeed. School, school for adults. Feel compelled always to mention that. Um, so I get it, and I get that people are going to meet there, and our rule here at Impact Theory is you just have to disclose it. So if you're going to um, date, you guys have to disclose it immediately so that Funny thing is, I didn't even really aware. know we had the rule. Full line yeah, of I mean, people that, dating the company, I don't even know. Quest, I didn't even ask. So, yeah. And that's... Like from an HR perspective, is it seems super weird to me to say that people can't date, being as how you and I are married and coworkers. So it just seemed very hypocritical to say there's no way it can work. Well, Obviously, right. it can work. So, um, but you do need to disclose it because there are real legal implications to unwanted advances and things like that. And this is one of those really messy issues, mm -hmm. and it is super dangerous. And in today's climate, I don't know that I would approach somebody at my work. And that personally makes me sad um, because I, I want to um, live in a world where people, you know, can connect and they can find a place where they can discover each other in an environment that doesn't have the pressure of a relationship and then hopefully navigate in a very safe, non-threatening way to express that they have interest in somebody that they work with. But it isn't easy and unwanted advances can very rapidly turn into a legal problem. All right, but assume they want it, they're both interested, they work together, they tell their boss, how do they navigate with each other working together and dating? Well, that to me isn't necessarily um, the sticking point. So there isn't really a difference between how you work with somebody that you're in a relationship with and how you just be in a relationship with somebody. It's a high degree of communication. It's all about 
making sure that you guys are very clear on what you want, what the rules of engagement are at work, that you discuss the dynamic, like how you guys work together. Do you overlap? Are there projects that you're working on together? It's funny that together? you think that isn't the sticking point. This is the hardest part for me. Interesting. It's not well, for you? Definitely not. What's the hardest part of working together? Uh, the hardest part of working together with you just specifically? Yeah, like of working with a partner. Because well, you said it's not the sticking point, so that's actually really surprising to me. Yeah, I, to me, it is far harder to be good at communication than it is to navigate being in a working relationship with somebody. If you have oh, poor communication, then saying. it's going to be exacerbated by the fact that you work together because now there's these competing stressors. Right. Um, and I think oh, I that, that this is where people fall down when they don't have good communication mm-hmm. is you have these competing agendas, you have the... We have some sort of working relationship, and then we also have the other side. So I think ours is ultra tricky because there's an imbalance of power in terms of the working relationship, but there has to be a complete equal balance of power in the relationship. So when we're working, we went forward with our work relationship saying, we will do everything we can to never have a collision that we can't get on the same page. But if we do, I will be the decision maker at all times in every scenario. Well, can we actually back up a bit? Sure. Going back to Quest, because our dynamic at Quest was actually different than our dynamic impact theory. Yeah. So at Quest, you were the president and I ran our media department. So by all on paper, you were my boss. The CMO was my boss, Nick. So... I actually had people above me, even though I was a co-founder. And so that was also rather tricky um, because I remember coming to you saying one day, um, so I had started the media department. You basically, you and Nick were like, hey, we're doing a studio. So, you know, here's a place. So I went over, started the media department. And at one point I wanted to make sure that you knew that if I wasn't doing a good job, that... Like, I never want to be in that position where you're just giving me a position because... Nepotism. Nepotism, exactly. And for me, it was always very important to earn my spot and work for my what I've earned. And so I turned to you and I said, babe, if I ever am not capable of doing my job, if you ever need to fire me, hire above me or demote me, you need to do it. Like, to not do it because I'm your wife actually will cause a fracture in our personal relationship because then you're going to feel like you're um, catering to me and now what do you say to your employees? Yeah. So you, and I remember you turned around and you said the famous words, which were, baby, my highest goal is to provide for you and the family. And if something gets in the way of me providing for you and the family, including you, then you bet your, you know, bottom dollar that, you didn't say bottom dollar, but you bet bet that I'm going to step in and say, like, you're not holding, you know, up your end. Um, So that was really, really powerful for me. And I think it was important for us to have that talk. And then going into then impact theory, having from that dynamic, at least for me, and I'm speaking from the woman's perspective now, it was a lot easier when we were like, okay, it's 50-50 business, but when we come into collision, because it will happen, it will happen. When we come into collision and neither of us, we, we listen to each other, we're very open, but neither of us are budging our opinion. Who makes final decision? And because we'd already had, I think, the quest experience as well, it was very easy for me to say, well, it should be you. Um, 
I'm so sorry. I like that. I just wanted to get no, that No, I mean, that was perfect. That, that, that's exactly why, to me, because we've established the rules of engagement, that the tricky part is establishing rules of engagement. Right. The tricky part is having that level of communication, that emotional stability, all that. Um, the, it isn't tricky working with someone that you're in a relationship with mm. because the other stuff is the hard part. I see what you're saying, yeah. Also then something to add is um, how do you interact with each other in public when you're at work? So I'm very affectionate um, and I love to hold your hand and grab your bar and things like that and, you know, sit on your lap. Like that's one thing actually that I, I'm saddened I don't do much anymore mm. because I love sitting on your lap. But we just had a talk and it's like, okay, this isn't appropriate for the workspace. Are you comfortable with me doing this? Are you comfortable? You know, for instance, you don't often like to just even kiss me on the lips, hello or goodbye in front of the team. Like to me, that's like, of course you can kiss me on the lips, goodbye. So again, we have to have that discussion to make sure where's your level of comfort? Where's mine? What are the results we're trying to get to? And then figure that out so that then you don't get into the situation where you're sitting there going, I can't believe it didn't even kiss me. Is he embarrassed of me? Mm. Right? Like all these other thoughts that start to seep in, which actually aren't true at all. Um, it's just a going to level of comfort. So um, having that communication, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You just have to talk about it because left to my own devices, I would show zero public displays yeah, of affection yeah, yeah. in front of the team. Um, but I know that that, doesn't sit well with you so we have basically minimum we've come to a compromise acceptable level acceptable. of uh Is it acceptable? <laughs> yeah i think that's a question we could both ask from both sides yeah exactly but um yeah yeah i mean you definitely have to be super super careful you have to take people on the team into consideration you know it's um it's it's really it's really not easy and i think that it's getting more difficult with every passing day really why do you mm. say that there there's a shift in culture for sure in our company no 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 just in culture in oh, general. oh 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 i see yeah because of the movements going on yeah i mean i i think there's just a, a more um people taking things as um when you're living in a world of like microaggressions and things being taken like out of context and all that, it's just, you have to be super, super careful about how things come across. Yeah, the first time actually, and now we really are derailing, but just one quick comment. Um, I For the very first time I saw you, a female guest came on Impact Theory and beforehand you said, hey, look, I'm a hugger, is it okay if I hug you? And I was like, wow. Like it was so, because I know you and so you're so sweet and you're very loving and so you hug people. And so the fact that you asked, it seemed so official and that actually threw me off. But now we really do digress. But if you remember, do you remember what she said? Thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I so know. I was like. I know, yeah. Um, all right, next question. All right, so guys, by the way, you can submit your questions. Just go to connect at impacttheory.com. Submit your question. If you'd like to stay anonymous, don't worry. We will respect that. And then also, if this is bringing you value, please do click that subscribe button. That would really mean a lot to us. All right, next question. This is from Lauren. One month before my boyfriend and I were getting ready to move in together out of state, he told me he wasn't 100% ready. He has never lived financially on his own and wants to grow on his own first. I still had to come out of state and he ended up moving to a completely different state. When I bring up if moving in together in the future is something he wants, um, the response I get is, yes, but I don't know when. I don't want to hold you back from growing. I don't want it to affect how I grow. 
Yet to me, moving in with someone isn't a moment of where we stunt each other's growth, but help each other grow individually and as a couple. When I tell him this, I still get the same, I don't know when response. Do you think the relationship can still flourish if one person is playing the waiting game and the other person is ready? If so, how? Um, I'm in the mood to be nice and flippant. So I'm going to say, no, he's just not that into you. That, that is how that reads to me for sure. And that when people are in two different places, is that necessarily the end of the relationship? No, but would I be comfortable in a relationship where I felt like we weren't on the same page? I would probably give it some time. I would communicate. I would make sure like that I've articulated where I'm at, that I'm really receptive to where they're at, figure it out, try to work through like, is there something else, something in their past or whatever that brings the baggage where they're, uh, I'm not sure that I want to take that leap. But in my mind, it's such an acceptable answer to reveal that the truth may in fact be they're just not that into you. Mm. Um, and I don't think that makes me a bad person or somebody not worth being with. That wouldn't be a knock to my self-esteem, but it would be a pretty important thing to get to sooner rather than later. So I wouldn't go into those conversations from like a needy perspective of like, where it feels like a trap and they can't be honest, it's, you know, I, I really want to know. Like this seems, like when you and I were dating and when we were moving forward, like there was never like the perfect sort of lockstep. It's not like we said, one, two, three, I love you. Oh my God, that's what I was singing too. It wasn't like that, but it was, it was pretty call and answer. It was like, you know, I love you. Oh my God, I love you too. It's like, there was like a back and forth. When Although, I first, yeah, yeah I was about I, to... when you were visiting and I said, hey, I want you to move in and you didn't want well, to. Well, you wanted me to stay with you. So I was living in England, right. you were living in the States. You'd, I was coming back because you'd got me a job on a movie set and I was coming back and you're like, why didn't you just stay with me? You're going to be here for three months. We'd been dating for a month or so. Yeah, and your reaction, while it didn't make me happy, was pretty logical given the situation. It was, it's way early in the relationship. I'm going to be in a foreign country. So if something goes wrong between us and then I don't have anywhere to stay, that's pretty crazy. I'm going to stay super close to you. We can spend as much time together as we want. But this gives me the like safety pad for us to make sure that there's stability in the relationship. It didn't feel like you were holding me at arm's mm -hmm. length. It felt like you were being prudent. If it felt like you were holding me at arm's length, mm. we've been together for two years and you were like, I'm still not sure. You know what I mean? Like there's very much a, like at some point you go, hmm, it's very possible that the punchline here is that they're just not that into me. Or to be honest, there are some people that don't necessarily want to live with other people, you know, or he may not have decided yet. And so I think my advice would be like, what is the deal breaker for her, right? Because clearly he's made it very clear and I actually very much admire him for being very honest because you hear a lot of stories of people getting together false what false don't, he's not being honest well you don't think he's being honest no. whoa that came out of left field why do you think he's being honest um I don't know but here's my my wow. my gut instinct is I don't know if he's he's being honest I just think that you have to given the reaction I think you have to be very open to the fact that they don't want to move in. Like someone should be able to really articulate why it is that they don't want to move in. So, and if it's like, there's the great line in When Harry Met Sally where she was very okay that he never wanted to get married and have kids and all that. And then flash forward a year later, he's married and they're about to have a kid and she realized, 
It isn't that he didn't want to get married. It's that he didn't want to get married to me. Oh, that line breaks my heart. Right. Really. So I'm just saying, like th- this is something. If the person articulates and you're like, oh wow, like that's really a thing. Whatever. There's something in their history that leads them to believe that that's not the right way to go about it. But like, there are definitely people in my life who don't want to get married because they are terrified of marriage, and. You have to be able to tease out whether they're terrified of marriage because something that happened, or whether they're terrified of marriage with you.、Mm. And that isn't an easy conversation to have, but it should be a conversation that you have and you're able to talk through, and you get their perspective, and you're like, okay, I see where this is. It's either, as you said, a deal breaker, or it's not. You have the conversation、mm-hmm. around values, and is it just that I value marriage and you don't? But otherwise, everything about the relationship is perfect, and you make me feel like you're number one. I feel it. Mm-hmm. Not intellectually,、mm-hmm. I feel it. I know that you're in. I know that you're invested. There's all this trust. It's like when those things are like off, and the relationship's not firing on all cylinders. It's like to me, a relationship has to be worth the massive sacrifices, which means it has to bring you something so extraordinary that it's just sort of self-evident. Like our relationship has always been pretty self-evident to me that it was worth the sacrifices. In the beginning, though, I really asked myself the hard questions. You used to get sick a lot. Was I going to be willing to be with somebody who was sick all the time like that? And I really had to think through that. And so it's like asking the hard questions upfront, being really open. Let's and just、honest. hold for a second because you ran past that very quickly. But that's actually really powerful. Can you just repeat that and your thought process? You used to get sick a lot, a lot, a lot. Like. And then we had a nice run there where you weren't getting sick all the time, and now we're back in a spell for like the last almost four years where you've been sick a lot. And luckily, I had faced that reality early on, which was: Is she so amazing, and does she make me feel so good about myself and better about myself when I'm with her than when I'm not? And like to this woman's point, that we're building each other up, that coming together has been more empowering. It's not distracting me from the other things that I want to do in my life. It's like this force multiplier. Is all of that so true that it's worth dealing with the fact that she's sick all the time? And the answer for me was yes, definitively. So I could move forward unabashedly,、mm-hmm. saying like, yeah, when I say in sickness and in health, I mean it. And so I'm not going to be surprised. I've thought through this stuff. And I, the reason I said I want to be flippant about this is I just think too often people are trying to protect their own feelings. They want to believe the the potential kindness of the white lie of no 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 I just I don't believe in marriage. When in reality it's like they like me, they're into me, they're just not that into me. And I think really being open to that, really just having that conversation, and not somehow thinking that that's. Bad on you, and if it is, like if you have a character flaw, deficiency that makes that the answer for most people, rad. It's not a death sentence. Now you know, address it, and you can improve and get better. And I just would so much rather the candid truth、mm. that will be hard to hear.、Mm. It will sting, and all of that. Then the like, no, 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 like it's framing. It's like. No, it's not you. It's just he's not quite comfortable moving in. It's like he's worried that you're going to distract him. I'm telling you. In fact, the more I think about this, if somebody's saying, "I'm not sure I want to move in with you because moving in in general could just be a distraction from my goals," they do not feel about that person the way that I felt about you. That's just the reality. That's fair. Also, though, I think sometimes people don't know. So, like right now, he may be like, "Yeah, I do want to move in, but it's not the right time." Um, what kind of bullshit is that? So what? <laughs> All right, yeah, you called me on it. I guess where I was going with that is, 
deep down he's like yeah maybe one day so it's not like i never want to and i'm leading them on i don't but i'm like, just saying though i don't i don't necessarily think that someone's always leading someone astray on purpose i think that he may be in a situation where like he may really like her and maybe one day he does want to move in with her but it's just not but right now but if they're now. articulating that and he's like look i i have really strong feelings for you i'm super into you but right. i'm just going to let you know right now where i'm at I don't want to live with somebody. I need way more selfish time than that. Right. And then if I'm her, I say, "Okay, well let me ask, is it the moving in with me? Cuz what if I said that you could have the exact number of hours mm. spent as selfish time, but we live together because I like the proximity even if you're doing something completely without me. I just like being around you. I like to have your smell in the house. I like to know that, you know, we're we're building this thing together that um even our money is coming together to pay for the same rent and all that that's that's very meaningful mm. to me is it really the um the just the free time yeah oh yes it is per- oh my god great let's do a calendar or ooh actually you know that yeah. wouldn't solve my problem yeah. okay well then what's your real problem mm-hmm. but it's like people never get fucking nitty gritty about it right. like i want to talk about this shit like it's a contract man right. i want to write this down right. i'm going to give you there's 168 hours in a week I'm going to give you uh let's reduce 7 to 8 hours of sleep a night that leaves us with like yeah. there's 70 hours right. up for grabs. I'm going to give you 50 of those hours. Is that is that okay? No, 50's not going to cut it for me. I'm so going to need 65. You need 65 hours of remaining free time? Like you're only going to give me 5 hours? Come on, I'm worth more than 5 hours. Like but now Why? we're really fucking talking mm-hmm. about it. And now it's like You know what's interesting? My cutoff is 12 hours. If I don't get 12 hours, I'm not interested in this relationship. It will make them have the very uncomfortable conversations to really see where they're at. It's one of the I'm telling you right now, if in your company you get an opportunity to write read and write contracts, do it. When I first started doing it, I was like, I don't like that I can't understand contracts because I feel like someone could take advantage of me. But then as I started doing contracts, I realized, ooh, this is actually really interesting. It forces you to write shit down. And to think about the little details yeah, that like, you may not I be really saying. Yeah. Yeah. Also though, and maybe his this isn't the issue for him, but um I mean, people obviously experiences do rub off. So if you've um been in a relationship before and you've moved in with somebody and it didn't end up well, like it is very very difficult to start over. And so that can let you give me a look. That um that can leave a and I don't think that that's his situation, but I'm saying in general if people have like, oh, you know what? I already lost my first apartment with my ex-boyfriend or my ex-girlfriend and it was so difficult and it took me a year to rebounce to bounce back. Um if you're feeling the anxiety if your partner wants to w- move in with you and you've still got anxiety over the past, I would say like try to open up with your partner and let them know how you felt about your last breakup, what you went through and that that is a true fear because I think opening up and communicating about that um you know is letting someone know that you know maybe i do want to move in with you maybe i don't but right now i'm fearful like having those conversations love it and then play no bullshit what would it take in in fact that that's a fascinating question to ask somebody what would have to be true for you to be willing to move in with me we've been dating for 8 years mm. is that a must um that we keep your apartment and we don't let it go mm. so that you had a place to move back to like there is an answer yeah. where it's like yeah that would actually work or you realize no matter how much i chase you there's always some problem right. and you're always like no 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 it's not quite right oh mm-hmm. this that or the other 
Like you'll find out real fast if this is a logistical problem that can be handled. Because here's the thing, if you're gonna maintain two apartments mm -hmm. anyway, keep one fucking empty so that you can then move out immediately if we have a problem. You don't have to refind an apartment. There it is, it's got, you know, it's ready to rock and roll. But you need to have the discussion of why you're keeping it because of course one person may see it as like, oh, you've only got one foot in the door and one foot out. Yeah, but to have that conversation, exactly. like you said, and it's yeah. like, this is what would have to be true, and then great, then yeah. let's do that. It's not like- Or are you willing to do that? Yeah, like it, it will help you find out where their actual pain point is. Yeah, and that's what we do together all the time. It's like, no bullshit, what would it take? We lay out what it actually will take, and then we say, okay, and now are we actually willing to do that? Would you rather wait for someone who isn't the love of your life or never find the love of your life at all? Wait, for sure. Yeah. Bam. Nice and easy. All right. Would you rather play it safe and never feel rejected or put yourself out there and feel rejected often? Out there often. Yeah. 100%. And the thing is That's that- That's just good training. Yeah, but you know what though? Once upon a time, I never would have said that. I don't want to be rejected, but now it's like, if I can find out why they're rejecting me, I can then like use it to either strengthen myself and be like, oh, okay, they're actually right. Like you can work on this, Lisa. I'll be like, they're crazy and move on. Hashtag mindset. Hashtag mindset. Um, all right, so guys, we are answering questions. If you'd like to submit a question, email us at connect at impacttheory.com. That's connect at impacttheory.com. And if you'd like to stay anonymous, just say so, no problem. And if we are bringing you value, please do subscribe, rate and review if it's on the podcast. Next question. Right, this is from Anonymous. Every time my phone goes off, I hope it's her. We are so close, we could be called the best of friends and recently we both came out and said how we feel. Oh. But something else came too. No. She said she feels like there is a certain amount of growing we both have to do before it's ready for us to be in a relationship. But she wants to know that she's coming for me. Quote unquote, that's quite both on cloud nine and shot out of the sky at the same time we are creatives but right now i'm in tech she says i'm one of the most enlightened persons she's ever known and often feels like she can't compare and that's how i feel about her what do i do uh, it sounds to me like they have to have a real conversation because i don't understand what like you don't say that somebody's enlightened but are like oh we have a lot of growing to do yeah and then I don't know what would make her think that growing, like you're not, in you the can't hope of read what? about a relationship and get better at it. Like you've got to be in the relationship. You're mm -hmm. always gonna learn through engagement. So it's like, if you wanna be in a relationship with that person, be in a relationship and then work together to open lines of communication, to process, to you know grow together, all of that stuff. It isn't like, I'm gonna go to college and study relationships and then once I graduate, I'll come back and, and then we can be in a relationship. Um, so there's either just a minor issue with her perspective on how one gets good at something, or this is some PR that she's spinning. Like one day, one day I'm coming for you. Not today. Back up. Not today, <laughs> but one day. Mm. And that is super fishy to me. Yeah, I mean, I would just get very specific. Like, what do you mean that we both have to grow? before we're ready like okay well what like ready to be in a relationship so are there certain elements of her personality and his personality that she thinks if they get into a relationship now that it could ruin their potential of having a great relationship okay well if that's the case great it's amazing that she's identifying it, but be specific now what are those things that she needs to grow into and he needs to grow into in order for them to cut 
to come together. Because otherwise, like you said, it's so like up in the air. What does that even mean? Right? It's like having a business with no end goal or strategy. It's like, well, then you're just running a business with and you're just kind of treading water, right? So yeah, with a relationship, it's like get super specific. What does she mean about growing? Am I crazy? Like in in all of these questions, to me, there's something missing, which is you have no moral obligation to be in a relationship. I think being in a relationship only makes sense when the person makes you feel better about yourself when you're with them, and when you're not, there should be that sense of giddiness that it sounds like we have in this question. But there should be like a real hunger to be together, to spend time. There's like a, a deep apprehension in a lot of these questions. That to me, my default answer is, then the relationship just isn't that exciting. Like we're moving too fast, it's not the right person. Like there are a lot of elements of like, they, they don't have clarity. And the, the best explanation my mom ever gave me about being in love, I thought this was so powerful. When you feel about somebody in such a strong way that you think no one has ever felt about someone the way that I feel about this person, that's when you know it's love. Because that's how it felt with you. I thought, there's no way. Nobody's ever felt like this before. Nothing would get done. Nothing in the world would ever move forward if anyone before has ever felt what I feel for you. Mm. And so from that, so much clarity was born. Now that doesn't mean that there weren't times, I remember when you made me destroy the negatives of the photos that I took of you. And I was like, I don't know if I can be with somebody that would destroy great art. I thought that was super crazy. Um, when you were getting sick all the time, I thought, hmm, not so sure about this. And when you, oh God, the other thing that we just mentioned, oh, when you didn't want to stay with me, I thought, uh. But those were so easy to process through. It's the kind of thing that you process through in 24 hours where you're like, okay, wait, actually she's being quite practical. She has a very bulletproof argument about the like, look, this is early enough in the relationship. I could find myself, you know, 6,000 miles from home and We've nowhere had an to stay, argument, yeah. right? So it's like, okay, and, and then I'm running your logic against how does she make me feel? Like she, she makes me feel awesome. We feel super connected. Um, she lights up when she sees me. Like everything just seems real. So there's nothing in this from what she says and how she acts. Everything's in alignment. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, nothing weird. Easy and the same past. back to you, by the way, of me having explaining. Look, like I am a bit fearful. Like I, you know, I'm really into you. But what happens if we do get into an argument? You know, where am I going to go? And the same goes, it's like, how are you going to react to that, right? Because if I was very clear about my communication on why I want another place, it wasn't just like, no, no, it's fine, I'll get my own. I wasn't just trying to brush off. I actually told you why. Right. And if you were reciprocated by saying like, that's ridiculous, then I'd be like, okay, he's not for me. Because clearly he isn't listening to the concern I have. Right. And I can't be with somebody who, when you voice a concern, brushes it off like that. They're like, it's meaningless. So... In both circumstances, you're looking at me saying, oh, can I be with someone like that if they do X, Y, and Z? And I'm the same. Like, can I be with somebody? But again, going back to, you make me feel safe. You make, you, you're you always very much a gentleman. And now is his um, his actions on the thing going to line up with how he's made me feel? And when you're like, I actually get it, even though you were a bit upset, um, it aligned with exactly everything you've told me. You really like me. So you wanted me to stay with you. You know, so everything you were saying and everything we were doing seemed aligned. Like, right. Sorry, just that, I know that's what you were kind of saying as well, right? Yeah, there's just congruity. Yeah. Um, I do also think, though, that um, you're coming from a perspective where you've never been in a relationship where someone's really hurt you. 
And so I want to be very cognizant of a lot of listeners or, you know, viewers that may be in that situation where they come from very bad relationships where they've they've been hurt or something bad has really happened. So I really do get that there's going to be sometimes some um, resistance or um, holding back from certain things. Mistake. And, but and it does it doesn't mean you need to communicate that though is what I was going to go to. Yeah, but I think there's something more going on here. So I haven't had my heart broken in um love, but I've had my heart broken in business. And I know what it's like to think that you, you know, let's say you're partnering with another company or something and you think, "Whoa, like this is legit. I really connect with these people. This is amazing. We're going to do extraordinary things together." And then to have it fall apart or to have been based on lies or to have somebody steal from you or whatever. So it's like having gone through that, I know that it will make me less likely to succeed in business if I come with an undue level of skepticism. Mm -hmm. So if I bring that baggage into the next potential business partnership, it's like, well, they're going to sense the hesitation, the Mm -hmm. arm's length relationship. Like the, the thing that I think humans have to do is understand that you can, it's like the mental aspects of things are one area where you can either let things be scars mm. or you can just really heal them and let go. And I think that people have to do that. And it comes with doing a lot of work of self-reflection of realizing what you did and how you could have acted differently to control the situation. And it has to do with, okay, what could I have done better to see the potential problems? What are the red flags that I ignored or whatever? And so you begin to build out principles to use Ray Dalio's terms about how to interact with somebody. But what you're really lamenting is your inability to read whether somebody's trustworthy or not. So a relationship not working out can be done very respectfully. I'm not saying that, oh, every relationship is going to be a success and it's, you know, one shot, one kill. I'm just saying, despite all of my ups and downs in business, I don't come into it like, you know, super standoffish, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, I know the certain red flags. I know the areas where I maybe move too fast. I know the areas that... um, I might not be ideal at reading people on a given personality trait or whatever. And so I bring people in that can help me assess and understanding that the beauty is that you're always going to be at risk to some extent. But Mm -hmm. if you want to move forward and you want to create momentum, you can't be ultra standoffish like that. So, yes, I get it. People have had failed relationships in the past. Yes, I get it. People have been betrayed and they've been hurt. But if they take that on board and go, what was I blind to? What did I not see so that Mm -hmm. I don't make that mistake? So I don't have that same vulnerability in the future. Um, And that may be therapy. It may be figuring out why they go for somebody that um, doesn't elevate them and make them feel better and doesn't communicate and all that. Like, what is it about you that's drawn to people like that? Um, and then what is it that's lacking in your skill set? Like, I, I really believe that 80% of a successful relationship is definitely selection. I don't want to take that away from you. But at the same time, like, I'm a high-level communicator. So I know that you can transpose me to another relationship and I'll at least know, like, here, here are the, the tools and the skill set. If you're unwilling to avail yourself of these tools, if you're unwilling to step to the table to communicate, if you don't understand your own feelings and when I help you process through that, you're being deceitful or whatever, then I go, peace, thanks for playing. This clearly isn't going to work, right? So like once you have that box of tools and you understand where somebody has to play, you understand your own weaknesses, it's like the danger of being blindsided goes down and down and down. So it's like the more failed relationships somebody has, the more they should be able to trust themselves as they go into a new relationship because they've done the work 
to figure out how they set themselves up for failure. It's only when they're not processing through. It's only when, you know, if they're blind to something that they're not seeking out a therapist or input from friends or whatever to become unblind to that thing that it becomes harder to go into the next relationship. Like in business, the more you fail, the better you get if you're assessing your failures. Mm -hmm. And so in relationships, I don't know, there's something like people are so quick to assume it means that they're damaged, they're bad, Mm -hmm. they're whatever, or worse, the other person is damaged, they're bad, and they don't recognize the cycle. It's like neither of those two things are true. What is true is you have deployed poor relationship tactics, they have deployed poor relationship tactics, you have come together with poor relationship tactics and maybe personality deficiencies, you're not examining those and you're trying to move forward without fixing the problem. So yes, you're gonna keep having the same problem, same problem, same problem, but it does not need to be that equation. Yeah, it's like that person that turned around to Edison and said, how do you feel about your thousand failures? And he's like, there were 10,000, oh God, 10,000 failures. Um, yeah, basically, how do you feel about your 10,000 failures? And he's like, they're not failures, they were steps. And it's like, oh my God, I, when I heard that, I clearly didn't remember the stat, but um, loved it because it really is the like, well, no, if you see it as a failure, you may stop. Or, but if you can see it as a step, okay, I've learned this and now I'm going on to the next thing and treat that like you would a business or a relationship, 100%. It's I think when it's not just the mind, right? It's not just your thoughts, it's your heart. Because heartbreak hurts way more than just a argument or, you know, like a mind break. I don't know what you call, to call that. But, um, so are you saying that in business, the kind of heartbreak that you're going to experience can't possibly... Not unless you're where you're saying for your situation. If it's like a business setting, but like if it's business where they feel like family or they're, they're like... Let's say it's not. Emotionally... Let's say that business will never touch it. Yeah, I, so, if it was me, I would be way more heartbroken if it was something happened with a friend or a partner and it was business. Well, let's, let's try what I would consider the absolute most inconceivable thing. Right. You pour your soul into somebody. You invest emotionally for years and years and years. You share so your you. every vulnerability. Okay. And then they not only betray you. It's interesting. You don't want to put yourself in this situation. What do you, do you? mean? Because I said... Because you said to me, oh, oh, oh. imagine somebody, but you okay, wouldn't say imagine you. me. Let's say you um, then betray me and use my vulnerabilities against me to hurt me. Right. In all of that, I would be devastated. Yeah. There would be a level of emotional trauma that I would go through. And I would think very seriously about what kind of process would I have to go through to recover from the trauma. But I would not think oh, this is okay to sit in the trauma. This is okay to let this harden into scar tissue. I would think that is the only foolish path is to do nothing, to not process through, to not seek help, to let this um, become that sort of hard, like toughen me up. It's like, then I'll never be in a relationship again. And so I get the instinct to want Mm -hmm. to use that as armor and be like, I'll never be betrayed by these bitches again. Like, fuck that. Like, and now I'm steely. No one can touch me. I'm not letting anybody in. But it's like, eh, that just on the surface, I can tell you is a shit way to live. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of love is to know I can always be hurt. That this person has the exact key of how to destroy me emotionally. Mm -hmm. And if they did, that I'm not, like as a rule in my life, I'm not going to let that, affect who I am, how I see myself, that I already have my rules locked into place 
to how he would deal with you if you betrayed me. And it's a very simple two-step process. I will never come after you because that's not my style. I would give you half my shit and be like, you earned that long before this stupid thing that you did that betrayed me. And now I'm never going to think of you again other than what I have to do to process through the grief and the betrayal and all that to make sure that I can open my heart to the next person. And Just hearing you say that breaks my heart. Obviously, I'm not going to go do anything. It's just... But hearing you think of you not thinking you were the about one me. No, I know. Put myself in the situation, I know, honey. I know. So I was having to make this abstract. Yeah, no, no. I actually like that it's personal. It, it feels and you know me. Real. That's exactly how I, I deal do. With but just even hearing you say that you would just like not think about. I would Obviously, flip the yeah, and I get it. Um, but I, by the way, you still have to process that grief and all that. Right. Um, I just wouldn't allow myself to opine for you to long for you to paint a picture of how things used to be and like mm. you know fictionalize this like oh my god it was so great and it will be unmatched i would immediately start training myself my next relationship will be better mm. and i'm so grateful for what i've been through here because now i can learn something about myself i'll be empowered to find a better relationship to navigate that relationship better to not make the same mistakes and and i would just be doing that and i would I would have to really think about how I wanted to handle the betrayal because for me it's when I have quote unquote been betrayed by people in the past, my response is always, but that's their true nature. And that's why I would be so surprised by a betrayal from you. I would actually think she's got a tumor. A hundred percent. She has a brain tumor. Would you? Good. I actually am glad. It it would not be keeping with your character to betray me. That doesn't mean that I couldn't see uh, an instance where you would break up with me. For sure, I could. Um, really? But yeah, yeah, of course. I can. There's only so much I can neglect you, and then you would break. And you would try a thousand different ways to get my attention. But if I continued to fail to deliver against that, you would hit your breaking point and say, "I can no longer do this because I no longer feel like I'm your number one." Mm-hmm. Like all of that, and out of self-preservation and a desire to have your most beautiful life you would eventually leave. So I like I can clearly imagine that scenario, which is why I never want to, like I would react in kind sad. and aggressively mm-hmm. makes you sad. Yeah, it just got me a little emotional. But does it make you sad? I mean, to think about life without you, I don't want to derail the well, conversation. Well, that I get, but... but does it make you sad to think that I can imagine that there is like a scenario under which you would leave? Oh, that's a good question. It makes me... God, it's funny because it makes me sad, but obviously it's good that you acknowledge it so that you know to never allow it to get to that point, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this to me seems like you should be like, oh my God, it's amazing. This is the best <laughs> ever. Like, I can't believe he thinks about this. This is so incredible. This is why we'll no, be together I mean, forever. And, his... and you're like, this makes me sad no, that you I'm... can imagine. It's It's... Look, I know you and this is the sort of thing we always need to talk about and think about. But the thought of being without you, the thought of thinking that you could push me to break up with you. I don't know. It's just a sad thought. Yeah, I totally agree. And I just want to make sure that the the sad thought is that there could be a world where we're not together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fucking freaks me out. Losing you and brain damage. Those are my two fears. (laughs) Two. I don't fear losing money. I don't even fear the other people in my life dying. That would suck, but I don't live in fear of it. It would be heartbreaking, traumatic, all that. I live in fear of losing you because I know how much of like just my identity and everything is tied up in you. Like Mm -hmm. I actually don't know who I am without you. 
And so that is, I love that. I don't say that like, oh my God, like that's so weird. I have to be so careful and really define myself, you know, as totally separate. Mm-hmm. I want to be completely enmeshed with you. But that makes me very protective of the relationship because I went all the fuck way in. And so it's like, cool, I've allowed my identity to be completely caught up in like an us. Mm-hmm. And I'm down for that. I love mm-hmm. that the most. But now I have to be ultra protective of that. And we've spoke about that. We spoke about us going all in, about making sure that we intertwine our lives so that we are one. And because so many people, there's a lot of people out there right now that are thinking they're freaking crazy. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. go in there. Especially people that have been scarred, yes. right? Especially if you've been in a relationship that you went all in and the other person hurt you. And now you, you're back at square one. Um, now, before you, I had had a long relationship. Um, obviously it wasn't serious like us. I was, you know, in my early teen years, but, um, I wasn't, you know, early 15. That's when it started. That's when it started. Yeah. Yeah. He still threw a rock through your window the night before our wedding. So I'd say it was still pretty fresh. All right. To him maybe. But, um, but I absolutely did bring baggage, quote unquote. Now, look, I, I had a fixed mindset back then as well. So I, you know keep that in mind but when we first started dating I was for sure standoffish you know like not standoffish is not the right word um protective yeah you were super because, reserved yeah reserved because when you have been hurt you know what it's like and it was only over time that we really did kind of morph and go okay like we're both in we're going all in we are yeah, very look, aware that we can hurt each other this was not something that happened on date number three right 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 but I'm just saying like... But even now, people I think that have been in long relationships still are very conscious about not giving themselves over. Yeah. And but, do you know why? Because they blame their partners. They don't blame themselves. They don't take extreme ownership. They're not thinking, oh, I made 86 wrong moves and that is why. And therefore, I have to be super wary of the other person because it's about them. It's not about me. So it's like, read the first five books in my reading list and it will change your relationships forever, even though none of them are about relationships. Yeah, that's but interesting. But most of them are about extreme ownership yeah. and really recognizing that if something is wrong in your life, it is entirely your fault. Not so that you can feel badly about yourself. That's not, the word fault is like a super trigger word, but it's like, until you can face trigger words like fault, blame, shame, then you're, you don't have the emotional stability that you need to go and be successful in a relationship, four ways. Wow. People got to own themselves, man. Own yourself. This is like, this is so terrible even to say out loud, but I've said before that part of me wants to get addicted to heroin just so I can show people that I could use bright lines to like get unaddicted. Super stupid and I won't do it. But like the same thing, right? That if I had like somehow, if I could send you away for three years, and show people how to build, like that I could build another relationship that was super powerful, um, I would have a lot more credibility because I've only done it once. Well, if you're going to do but, one test, I think I'd rather you try the heroin and send me away for three yeah. years. That's probably, yeah, believe it or not, that actually might be better. I think it would do less damage on our overall lives, even though that'd be really fucking stupid. This is taking a turn. This is taking a turn. <laughs> for the more interesting, though, I think. Let's that was s- silent disagreement over there. Oh, I don't know. So to here's the, the I know. Crickets. Well, the funny thing is because I know you so well, I just don't know how other people are going to react to the heroin comment. But mm. to be honest, oh yeah, yeah, you're going to get some. You're going to get some hate for that. I think it's important for you to be you. You don't mean anything by it. Yeah. So, all right. 
That's all we got. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And if you're not following at Lisa Bilyeu, do that. This woman's IG game is unparalleled. If you're not following me at Tom Bilyeu, uh, IG and YouTube, those are the places to be. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.